42! Blue, 42! Hut, hut, hike! This is The Game Managers on WJLX 101.5, America's one and only sports talk show. Breaking down college football's biggest games, latest news, and greatest moments. Are you ready? Because it starts right now. Welcome to the Game Managers Podcast. I'm Nick Norris, and with me, as always, is my good friend and broken soul, Justin Knight. Broken soul. Yeah, do you like that? That's I, thought a new I, one. I thought I'd thought I'd spice things up in the intro. Maybe every uh, week I'll start introducing you either by like a word or just a flat out flat out false title. And maybe next week I'll introduce you as like mean, a best selling author or a war criminal oh. or something. I mean broken soul, yeah. Wow. Well, Auburn lost, like, didn't they? So you kind of yeah, uh, they did lose. I mean, Alabama lost too. So you, you know, it's pretty even. <laughs> well, this week, Justin, we're talking NFL trades, the MLB lockout coming to an end, the SEC tournament, and of course, what fallout to expect from LSU's NCAA violations and Coach Will Wade's firing. But first, Justin, we have to get into the news of the week. All right. Green Bay has somehow convinced Aaron Rodgers to stay as their quarterback. And I say somehow, but what what they did is they essentially filled a dump truck full of cash and, and backed it up to his front door is essentially what they did. Uh, we don't know the exact details of the contract. Uh, Rogers himself said that he is coming back, but that the deal hasn't been signed and the details we had initially were false. But some reports on numbers uh, say that he will probably be the most, the highest paid player in the NFL. You think he deserves that, Justin? Um, regular season, sure. Postseason, no. Yeah, yeah. Not a lot. Not a lot of success in the postseason historically. I mean, one Super Bowl. Yeah, that that's was kind of it. Yeah, what ten years ago? Eleven, ten years, ten, eleven years ago. Yes, twenty eleven. Is that right? Yeah, no. I think so. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. Maybe yeah. before that. Forever ago. Yeah, I don't know that he deserves it, but they're desperate to keep him. And when you're desperate, you do uh, you do risky things. So maybe it'll work out for so. it. Maybe this is the juice he needed to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, he's going to win well, four straight. Maybe you can't you can't say no because they might, no. but probably not. We have a lot of trades this week, Justin, and there's so many that I'm just going to burn through all these at once, if that's okay. And then we can talk about the interesting ones afterwards. Does that sound good? All right, sounds great. Okay, so the Seahawks have traded quarterback Russell Wilson to Denver. He reportedly wanted Mahomes' money, and Seattle didn't want to pay that, so they sent him off, which is fair enough. Um, after trying to get Mahomes, the Washington Commanders had to settle on grabbing Carson Wentz from the Colts. Yikes. A, a big difference there. The Bears have traded uh, defensive end Khalil Mack to the Chargers, and former Cowboys wide receiver Omari Cooper is being traded to the Browns. And there are some rumors at the time of recording of trades that may happen as well. The Eagles are reportedly considering trading Jalen Hurts, and the Panthers are listening to offers for running back Christian McCaffrey. What do you think about any of the, any of those just pop out to you? I'd say that Khalil Mack's interesting because they're not getting much for him, I don't think. Maybe a second and sixth round pick or so. Yeah, I think that's pretty big, especially um, I think the Chargers needed some extra help on defense, so you know, adding... 
one of the top D linemen, you know, especially when he's healthy. Um, that's huge. And then, um, of course, you know, Russell Wilson going this, uh, to the Broncos is huge. Um, you know, I don't know yet because, you know, Broncos have a lot of weapons on offense. I don't know. I mean, I know I've heard some people say, oh, you know, it's Super Bowl or bust. I, I wouldn't go that far. I'd, I'd say playoffs are bust. Um, but uh, <laughs> I think poor Carson Wentz. You know, I think this is his last chance to prove anything. But after this, I think he won't be starting anywhere. If he doesn't have a decent year, he'll just be a backup somewhere. Um, and then, you know, Amari Cooper was surprising too because, you know, he's him and uh, Dak, you know, had some good moments. And I thought, you know, when he had some pretty good games with uh, Dallas, but I guess it was just inconsistent and they just wanted to move on from him. So uh, that one, that was probably the most surprising to me. Well, um, we mentioned the Panthers there, and they may end up landing Deshaun Watson as well, who's been cleared from criminal charges this week. We won't get into that, really, because we're not qualified to speak on that matter, but a lot of trading going on in the NFL. Let's just Um, say, if you have a lot of money, sounds like you can get away with a lot of things. (laughs) Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Uh, one of the biggest NFL stories of the week was that Falcons and former Bama wide receiver Calvin Ridley received a year's worth suspension from the league for betting on NFL games this previous season. Ridley initially pled his case, uh, claiming he only bet 1500 But, Justin, that has already seemingly been proven false. As new documents obtained by Sports Handle show, he bet at least over double that, which means he, he may have bet even more. Uh, missing the yeah. season is going to cost him about $11 million, and given that he was not actively participating in games during the time period that he was gambling, do you think the suspension is, is too harsh? Mm. Yeah, this has been a, a topic of discussion, mostly because, you know, you got obviously he knows the rules of the NFL, knowing that you can't bet while, even if you're not playing... You still can't do it. Um, I will say the dude suspended the whole season, but yet you got guys like um, Ray uh, Ray Rice who go beat on his girlfriend and then suspend it. What? How many games was he suspended? A, a few. Like five games. Yeah, something like that. I mean, like how's how's that how does that make any sense? Yeah, here's a um, here's a tweet from Nick Looney. This is kind of what you're referring to here. Major NFL suspensions, he says. Ray Rice beating fiance two games. Adrian P- uh, Peterson felony child abuse six games. Greg Hardy beating his girlfriend ten games reduced to four. Ezekiel Elliott hitting women six games, and then Calvin Ridley seventeen games for using FanDuel. <laughs> yeah, um, so it's it's yeah. almost like the same thing with Pete Rose too. You know, he, they won't even put him in the Hall of Fame. Or baseball has nothing to do with him because of his betting things back in. In the 70s and 80s, so it's ridiculous, man. But you got to know the rules too. But I think it's it's way too harsh. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, he broke the rule. I don't have really a huge issue with the punishment, but I think there needs to be more clarity and more consistency with these punishments throughout the league. Because I don't, I don't want players gambling. Really, I don't really care that no, much. But yeah. you know, they can't. They yeah, can. Because you'll have up. the Black Sox situation like they did in baseball back in the 20s. So, Yeah, but I'd much rather just have players that are betting on themselves or their team 
than having players that are just beating their families. So uh, well, yeah. <laughs> maybe figure out some consistency there. I don't know. Uh, but perhaps the most dramatic NFL news of the week is that a 25-year-old woman is suing Cowboys owner Jerry Jones, alleging that he is her biological father and that he paid off the mother to remain silent on the issue. Have you heard about this, Justin? I have not. So, um, this, this could be a money grab. It could be a, a Joker 2019 movie situation where the mom lies to her child about who their father is. Or, he could really be her father, which is very likely too. And then, yeah, she should sue his pants off. So, we don't have any information really yet about this. There have been some court documents released. I don't think there's been any pushback yet by Jerry Jones. I'm sure there will be. Hmm. But... Um, that would be very dramatic if this proves to be true, because he's already yeah, not really. well liked by many, and the dude's getting oh, no. too old to keep keep up with so many scandals. He's like nearly eighty, so. Jeez, yeah, I forget how old that dude is. Yeah, he's he's always he's still just getting into at least one scandal a year, usually more. So, <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. Like I said, when you got the money, it's gonna be hush. It's gonna be hush hush. You ain't gonna hear about it much longer. Yeah, yeah. So, and it's from what the court documents I read, it seems like there's a lot of people, other people involved. So that, you know, maybe if it, if it is true, they gave her the hush money or regardless. So, I yeah. Don't know. Well, we'll see. It's going to be, uh, that should be something that happens later this month. I think they said like the 21st or 20 something. I don't know. We'll keep up with it though. College football news an unnamed class of 2023 recruit has reportedly signed a name, image, and likeness deal with the school's collective worth more than $8 million by the end of their junior year. Uh, this is believed to be the largest NIL deal by a non-professional athlete. And per the report, the unnamed rising star would be paid 350000 almost immediately and then receive monthly payments that would increase to more than $2 million a year when the athlete is on campus. In exchange, he will make public experiences and play a role in social media promotions, as well as participate in other NIL activities. I mean, good, good on him. I got no issue with the kid making money. I would probably like to see the money spread around a, a bit more, maybe to players who don't make as much or any, but if you put in like a minimum salary, then you just have a, a legitimate pro league, and the NCAA doesn't want that. So I don't know how you fix yeah, that. I, I don't would think say... They, yeah, I don't think the NCAA uh, knows how to fix it. No, nah, yeah, I'd say recruiting is, this is going to be, it's going to end up just being bad for college football, in my opinion. Just because now it's, you're not going to have any recruiting. All you're going to be is like, if I'm a if I'm a high school guy now, I'm like, hey, how much money can you make me at this school? I mean, that's what it is now. Um, so I think in the long run, it's just, it's not going to be any good for football. College football, at least. I like players getting to make money off their face their name i mean they they should own that i think but there probably needs to be some kind of limit or cap yeah because yeah, that, not, uh, that's gonna get out of hand yeah yeah that's the issue right now is that someone can go <laughs> make eight million has he improved himself yet that yeah. that's the thing i think that's the thing the issue is is that there's these guys are already getting these deals a lot of high school guys and they hadn't even done anything yet and they're making all this money um so yeah there's got to be some kind of cap and I would do it, maybe making it instead of like, hey, you know, you have this kind of season or you do this, you know, kind of stuff. But yeah, I guess like you said, you, at that point, you're making it more like the NFL. So I don't know. 
what in the world you do um, since now you have this as a new rule so it, it's, it's tricky waters I also think that eventually this is going to calm down a little too like that there's always going to be a big part of recruiting as long as it's there obviously yeah. but I think that eventually companies are going to wise up some of the bigger companies the ones maybe not tied in with colleges as heavily are going to wise up and be like Hey, we just spent millions of dollars on Spencer Rattler, and nobody knows who he is. Maybe we should uh, should wait and get him in their second year or something. Now, there's yeah. there's always gonna be there's always gonna be the the small like college focused. You know, if you go to Texas, you're gonna get oil money. That's gonna be there because they're gonna use that for recruiting. But yeah, I think these bigger companies like Applebee's or whoever eventually is gonna be like, let's 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 hold off a little bit and see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spencer Riley or someone like that, or um, dude that's gone, that's fallen, Lincoln Riley to Oklahoma, the quarterback. Um, I mean, you give them all this money, and then you know, what if something like they don't, they don't pan out? You know, they end up not playing well, and then you're paying them all this nil and these deals. You know, so I don't know. I think it's it's just tricky to move around, especially in college. I feel like it's going to affect. Um, well, obviously, it'll affect how what dudes uh, decide when they go to school, um, and then, you know, at that point, it's like, hey, I'm getting paid this money. Maybe I can pay play pretty decent, and then I'll go to the NFL. So I don't know how much, you know, focus will be on the team, or just be more of, hey, let me make my money and go to the NFL, and make more money. So I don't know. Well, in more college football news, three Alabama football players are set to miss spring practice. Coach Nick Saban confirmed on Friday that wide receiver Ja'Cory Brooks, offensive lineman Darian Dalcourt, and linebacker Kenu Coat, I'm sorry, will be out with injuries for the time being. So Brooks played in all 15 games this past season as a freshman. He started twice in place of uh, John Mechie while he was injured. He caught 15 passes, 192 yards, two touchdowns, including the game-tying score in the Iron Bowl. Dalcourt was the starting center in 11 of Alabama's 15 games last year as a junior. And as for Coates, he didn't play in 2021. He redshirted in year one, but uh, was in a boot for the last few games last year. So uh, those guys, it seems like they'll probably be good for the season, but we're not going to see any of them in the spring. We have so much news this week. We've got more news, Justin. Uh, in baseball news, the MLB lockout has finally came to an end um, this week as MLB and MLB Players Association struck a deal Thursday following 99 days of waiting and bargaining. There are some things of note here that I'm going to read out that uh, about the lockout that fans should know, some changes and things that are happening. So opening day is, coming, is going to move to April 7th, and a full 162-game schedule will be played. That's good, I think. Yeah, um, that's huge. Spring training camp opens on March 11th, so it already did. Voluntary report date and March 13th, mandatory dates. They're all they're all back now at this point. Spring training games start March 17th, and free agency to begin immediately once CBA is ratified. That's already uh, we're beginning to see the the front of that. Playoff expands to 12 teams beginning this season. The National League adopts the designated hitter startings this season. And CBT expected to begin at $230 million and grow to $244 million. So people have been asking kind of who won this this lockout, the owners or the players. It's it's the owners. The owners won it. Uh, they held all the cards the whole time. 
And the players got a few little victories here and there, but there's not a ton really changing except for the things that the owners wanted. Yeah. Uh, the biggest change, of course, being, in my opinion, the two additional teams to the playoffs. The other, the other things are impactful too, but that's huge, the teams getting added to the playoffs. Oh, yeah, especially for the owners. Um, but yeah, I'm pumped. I got my uh, Kansas City Royals shirt on. I'm ready. Um, first spring game is on Friday. So hopefully there'll be a way I can check that out. But um, yeah, uh, shouldn't have taken this long to begin with. It seemed like they just delayed it forever. They never really met until it was time crunch and it was a little too late. But, you know, at least they saved you know, a little bit of their image. But, you know, still a little hard-headed to, through the process. But um, yeah, I think uh, 12 teams will be interesting. I don't. I hope it doesn't get any bigger from there. I think twelve teams is fine for now. I like the uh, universal DH. Um, so now in the National League, you won't have the pitcher hitting. I think that'll. I think that'll be good. I, they did that during the COVID year, and I think it worked out well. And then uh, I saw one thing which is pretty interesting, that um, if the All Star game is uh, tied after uh, nine innings, the the break the the break the tie, they're going to do a home run derby. Which I thought was pretty neat, kind of mix up and uh, make the All Star game a little more interesting. I like that um, a lot. Yeah, that's good. I like that. So yeah, that was that was pretty. I mean, a rare MLB uh, W right there. So, but yeah, I, I'm excited. I've been waiting for baseball. I'm glad they've finally figured something out for now. Um, but yeah, I'm ready to get the season started. Ready for another losing season. <laughs> Well, in college baseball, Auburn played four games this week. They beat Tennessee Tech 4-3 on Wednesday before losing 8-10 to to Middle Tennessee on Friday. The Tigers also played a doubleheader against Middle Tennessee on Sunday, but we recorded this episode before those games occurred. And you're going to hear that sentence a few times here over the next few lines. <laughs> As for Tiger softball, they had a couple games postponed this week, one being against Alabama State on Wednesday. That was moved to April 27th. And another against Texas A&M on Saturday that was moved to Sunday. The Tigers did get to play on Friday where they beat the Aggies 5-4 to and also played the Aggies once again Sunday, but recorded this before that game as well. Mm, nope. uh, Alabama's baseball team lost 5-9 to to North Alabama on Wednesday, but bounced back with two wins against Binghamton. Binghamton. Have you ever heard uh, of them? No, I did never heard of the school before. Yeah. Uh, on Friday and Saturday, winning those games 9-3 to and 14-2. to The Tide faced Binghamton, I guess I say it, against Sunday after, Justin, believe this or not, after this episode was recorded. Can you believe that? Oh my that? gosh, I had, I had no idea. <laughs> and Alabama softball had a difficult week. The number two Crimson Tide was upset twice in a Saturday doubleheader against LSU 6-13 to and 1-5. to Oh, wow. The Tide played the Tigers again on Sunday, but Justin, Justin, well, that game happened after we recorded this. I don't know if you know that, but mm-hmm. we didn't get, we didn't watch this game yet because we're talking to people right. in the future. Uh, well, I mean, we could uh, just we could just make up random scores and say that uh, one team won twenty to nothing. You willing to put your integrity on that? <laughs> uh, just throw people off. <laughs> Uh, yeah, fun fact, we don't, we record this in the morning. We don't, we don't record this live, but maybe we should start recording a little later in the day. But also, does anyone care about Alabama and Auburn baseball and softball any, any way really? Like, does anybody just demand that we really talk about that? 
much. Just wait. You, just wait until you get a couple of angry the the one angry email. <laughs> yeah, okay. If you want to write us an angry email, do so at gamemanagerspod at gmail We'll love the feedback regardless. Anyway, that wraps it up for football and baseball news. But and we're going to get into basketball after the break. But first, let's catch our breath with our weekly weird news segment, Miss Managers. And now it is time for Miss Managers. The headline of this article by Mashable is, Oh no, construction workers find a bunch of teeth inside a wall. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's horrifying. Wait, what? Yeah. Student says she gave cookies containing grandfather's ashes to classmates. Why would you <laughs> ever tell someone that? Angry Seal helps Australian police bust drug smuggling ring. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I've got a few bizarre stories for us today, and we're going to start with a couple of, uh, border busts, Justin. If you recall last week or the week before, there was a lot of cocaine or something hid in some onions. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, this week, we had a few different things happen. So, let's start with an arrest at the U.S.-Mexico crossing in San Diego, where officers stopped a man who was trying to sneak into the country with a whopping 43 horned lizards and nine snakes hitting away and plastic bags distributed throughout his clothing. So he had all 43 in his... Uh, under his shirts and pants and whatnot. Under yeah. shirts. How, yeah. how, does, how is that possible? <laughs> I can't imagine the horned lizards are large. Maybe they are. They're probably small. Probably put a few of those in a Ziploc. Still, that's, that's a lot of <laughs> lizards to be keeping on in person. Yeah. And snakes, yeah. Ugh. Uh. But here's another one. Meanwhile, at multiple ports of entry over the span of just three days, police put a stop to people attempting to smuggle baloney, of all things, across the border. Hmm. Wonder why they're trying to smuggle baloney. That's interesting. Uh, they said authorities say that the two bus led to the seizure of a staggering 230 pounds of the deli meat. <laughs> That's a lot of baloney. That's a lot of baloney trying to get across the border. For what? What do, I mean, my I, well, how much are you going to sell baloney for? I don't know. I've got to get this baloney over the border. I guess that's that. That needs to be our new line of work. We're just going to go take some baloney across the border and sell it. Me and the boys have to bounce this baloney over the border. <laughs> Uh, this story comes from Fox News. A construction crew found a mummified body in the walls of a convention center in Oakland, California on Wednesday, authorities said. Lovely. A worker found the body around 1 p.m. in a wall that was being deconstructed during renovations at the Henry J. Kaiser Convention Center, according to the Alameda County Sheriff's Office. Uh, Lieutenant Ray Kelly told NBC News, We found remains best described as mummified. The conditions in the walls were such that the body was preserved in good conditions. Um, Jeez, it had been there for, inside a wall? <laughs> been there for, quote, several, several years. Any theory is possible, Kelly added. It could be anything from someone who got in behind the wall and became trapped and died to someone put, uh, to someone put the person there. God only knows. But maybe you should figure it out. Maybe just not leave it to God. Maybe maybe you yeah, also look really. into that. <laughs> um, how terrible though to think that someone say they got if you got trapped back there and then just stuck and then no one has any idea. Well, Justin, that's just a primer for this next story because if you think that's a bad way to die, you just wait till you hear these. Mm. But 
What would you say off the top of your head would be the worst way to die? Probably drowning. Drowning? Yeah. Yeah, it sounds awful. Maybe being set on fire. Maybe uh, falling like for 30 minutes. 30 minutes? <laughs> I don't know. If where, are you, where, are you, where are you falling from? Space? Yeah. yeah. I fell out of a rocket ship as it was leaving <laughs> the atmosphere. I don't I don't typically include stories like this next to Justin because I don't like to put deaths in the segment. They feel a bit disrespectful and I'm not we're not making fun of these people. But this week there were three deaths that happened in really odd ways and I just thought they were probably worth mentioning just mm-hmm. because of how odd these are, how they happen. So I'll I'll ease you into the first one. A story from Now News claims a Florida man was crushed to death by a bulldozer last week while he was using a porta potty. Oh uh, my gosh. Yeah, like I said, not 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 laughing at this, not making fun of this, but that is just incredibly so odd. I had to put it in here. Apparently, the bulldozer guy from this is just recollection from reading the story last night. Got in a bulldozer, had the uh the the big what's it called on the front the big like push metal contraption <laughs> yeah the the shovel essentially Whatever it's called. yeah pulled up above like the windshield so he couldn't see where he's driving he was just driving like a lunatic and he felt like he crushed over something realized it's a porta potty jeez maybe just don't drive like that yeah maybe just don't yeah, do how that. about pay attention to what you're doing <laughs> yeah but this one this next story is even more bizarre. This is from the New York Post, and according to them, two men were killed by a rampaging camel that escaped from a Tennessee petting zoo. If Tennessee, this if this if this camel's so dangerous it can kill two men, corner them and literally stomp them to death. Should it be at a petting zoo? Yeah, it does sound like it. Should, yeah, a petting zoo, um, and a lot of zoos have it to where you can ride a camel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Birmingham does. Probably yeah, so um, yeah, that's a little that's a little terrifying that they even had an animal like that that, that killed two people. Yeah, uh, apparently they shot the camel dead. That's I, I guess that's good. I don't I don't know, but I now I now know for a fact that I'm going to die in an extremely extremely anticlimactic and bizarre way. I just I know it. I can feel it. Mark my words, Justin, and people listening to this. When I do end up dying from like. I don't know, a malfunctioning smart mattress in my sleep or tripping over a potato and falling in a, a giant vat of acid. Just, just make sure that my death is used for content purposes, Justin. Just use okay, it for this podcast. Yeah. Don't let me die in vain, please. Yeah. It'll all be in the podcast name. <laughs> Great, thank for you. For the podcast. <laughs> all right. Well, we are up against a break, but when we come back, we're going to talk Alabama and Auburn's unfortunate losses in the SEC Championship, as well as the uncertain fate of LSU's football and basketball programs. So stay tuned. You're listening to The Game Managers on WJLX 101.5. Welcome back to the Game Managers. I'm Nick Norris, and with me is Justin Knight. Howdy. Well, it's nice to get to talk to you in particular about the SEC tournament, Justin, uh, because Alabama and Auburn, they both pulled a big old Justin Knight this week by disappointing everyone who loves and supports mm. them, wouldn't you say? That's very true. I'm very disappointing. 
No, you're, you're great. You're you're all right. You're 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 all right. How about we That's start okay. with Bama? I just got a small little tear coming down my eye right now. <laughs> Let's start with Bama since they lost first. Uh, well, talk, I mean, talk about a choke job. They blew a 15 point lead <laughs> in the second half to Vandy to lose 82 to 76 on Thursday night. Scotty Pippen Jr. Yes, the the son of that Scotty Pippen. He was the leader of the Commodores calling out Bama before the game, saying they were, quote, a very beatable team, and he made good on that claim. He was mm. only 5 from 19 from the floor, but made 15 of 21 free throws for 26 points total. And as for Bama, Jaden Shackelford had 6 three-pointers and 21 points, and Javen Kennerly had 13 points for Alabama before both fouled out late, and that didn't help them either with both no. of those codes. Yeah. I think it's clear that this team, this Tad team has no team leadership cannot mm. for whatever reason compete for an entire game regularly and you know i mean it's obviously frustrating for bama fans but i mean hey that's that's college sports i guess yeah um you know usually well you know if a, t- a player calls out another team before a game in football you know um alabama football at least you know that other team usually ceases to exist once they play each other um so you know, basketball, you're hoping for the same thing. You know, they come out motivated. And, um, you know, they had a good first half, but then it seemed that parts that, you know, it just wasn't gelling, wasn't coming together. But, like I said, it's been all season for Alabama. Um, or, you know, they're just very inconsistent. And um, I agree with that. There's no, not really a team leader like they've had before in the past. Like last year were some of their guys they had. They had a good core group of older guys that have been around, and it was a good group of leaders. Um, so yeah, I agree. I don't just don't think there's anybody that's like, like holding anybody accountable. Um, I think the throwing up the threes, I mean, Alabama hasn't been a good three point shooting team all year, but they, I mean, they're shooting 30 plus a game. Um, so, you know, it's just been, like I said, up and down season where they've had, you know, they've been able to beat Gonzaga and Houston and Baylor, and then you lose to, Vandy and um, Georgia. Georgia's only win in conference was against Alabama. Um, and heck, they almost did against Auburn, too. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know what to expect the team from the tournament. Um, maybe they'll be able to, you know, get motivated and get ready um, once the tournament comes around this coming week. But um, it's, it's just tough, you know. I think teams realize what they can attack at Alabama. Like Alabama's defense, we know they've struggled, you know, throughout the season. So, I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be a tough road. Yeah, it is. And um, what is what is interesting about this loss, though, is that this likely sets Bama in the five to eleven, the six to twelve seeds. And since UAB clinched its ticket to the tourney with a CUSA title win last night, there's a chance. Alabama and UAB could face each other in the tournament, and I'd actually love to see that. Yeah, I think that'd be a good game. UAB's played pretty well all season. I think UAB might, yeah, they definitely could win that game. So that would, that would be. Well, see, and and those, um, because this Alabama would probably end up a six seed, and then UAB would be eleven seed. Those games are scary. Um, you see a lot of those upsets every year. Eleven over six. Or twelve over five. I mean, it happens. So, um, because you know these these higher seeds are teams like UAB. You know they have to win their conference to make it to the tournament. Um, so they're 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 pumped to be there. And but basketball, you just never know. Teams can get on a roll, 
and start playing good basketball. And um, you see a lot of these first-round upsets. Um, so I, I think it would be a pretty interesting game. Well, now let's talk Auburn, who also choked, but in a, in a different mm. way than Alabama did. The uh, number 4 Tigers team, led by recently named SEC Coach of the Year Bruce Pearl, were stunned by Texas A&M 67-62 on Friday. Uh, a lot of the Tigers' frustrations can be chalked up to missing 15 of their first 17 three-point attempts. <laughs> they finished 9 of 36 behind the arc while shooting 30.4% overall. Uh, Jabari Smith led Auburn with 17 points. Walker Kessler had 16 while Wendell Green Jr. made four long three-pointers to uh, fuel a late comeback that ultimately fell short. And probably the most concerning and frustrating performance of the game was Katie Johnson, who missed mm. all 14 of his shots against Texas A&M. So what, what went wrong here? What went wrong? Uh, first half. That was probably the worst first half I've ever watched before in my life. It was terrible. Um, Auburn had a height advantage over A&M. And what do we do? We throw up three after three, after three, after three. You want me to keep going? After three. No, that's three. okay. You, I, we get it. Um, 17 and times. What's, fun, what's like funny that. is, um, you know, we weren't making any of those shots, and yet we're like, oh, let's just keep throwing it up. Let's keep throwing it up. Um, and you haven't made the shots all year long either. I mean, Auburn also, like Alabama, is not a good three-point shooting team. I think we're like 29 or 30%. And... You know, it comes to a point where you're like, hey, let's try to get the ball into the paint. I know A&M's doing a good job defensive-wise, but maybe let's try to get something going in the paint where we have a better shot of making a basket. Um, so it was, first half was terrible. Second half, you know, I was glad to at least see them fighting in the second half, trying to put up a run, but it was way too late. You go down 16 points in the first half, it's it's pretty tough to come back. Um, but it, the, the struggles continue. Um Auburn's great at home. They shoot the ball so well at home, but on the road or not at their home court, they don't play very well. They don't shoot the ball well. Um, I, th- I thought the defense was still pretty good, but offensive-wise, it was just it was miserable. Worst offensive game of the season. Um, and so that's concerning. It Same thing happened. Um, I like to keep bringing this up, but it was 2017-18 where Auburn was um, regular season champs. They were co-champs with Tennessee they were number one seed. They lost their first game to Alabama, got killed, didn't shoot the ball well. And then in the tournament, they lost second round to Clemson. They got beat, I think, by almost 30 points because they, they can't shoot the ball when they're not playing on their home court. So um, that's co- concerning. But I will say um, A&M has played incredibly well the last few games. Um, they just beat Arkansas by 20 yesterday and they're playing Tennessee for the championship today so um that that's a good sign you know A&M's just playing really well but um we should have won I mean if we have a better first half we win that game um so but I don't I don't know this team it looks like someone that can definitely get upset you know the second round it's very um high possibility so got to figure something uh, figure something out offensively especially when you have like Jabari Smith, he played. He's always going to have a good game. Um, Walker Kessler played pretty good, but yeah, how are you going to go zero of fourteen? Not make a single shot. <laughs> That's a lot. That's a lot in a row. But yeah. but Katie, I will say, there's been great moments from him. The dude plays hard, but he's also out of control. He goes down like um, he's like a bull in a china shop. Um, 
a lot of times he's just out of control. That's a lot of times why you see him miss so many shots. Um, so that something's got to be changed with that. If if you're oh, you got to be passing the ball a little bit more too. You just keep throwing up shots, not making anything because he had zero assist. So you got to contribute in some some sort of uh, some sort of way. I mean, he did a little bit on defense, but if you're not making any shots, you got to be passing the ball. Um, well, so, Auburn we'll, Auburn is yeah, we'll three and three play. across. Sorry, Auburn is three and three across their last six games. Um, so I'm interested to see what people are going to do with them in their March Madness brackets that should be popping up this week. So if you want to join our March Madness bracket, we'll do one for the show. You can go to at TGM Pod on Facebook, uh, at the Game Managers Podcast, and we will uh, we'll have a link there for it. So I'll be sure to share that and check that out. But yeah, just, hey. Speaking of, I, other night, I had a nightmare that I forgot to fill out my bracket. <laughs> did you really? I did. The games have started, and I was like, what in the world? I didn't fill out any brackets. Is there any way I can still go in? Nope. It's miserable. <laughs> I felt terrible. <laughs> that was just a wording from your subconscious brain. I love that. Yeah. Well, we need to get into the big story of the week, LSU. Now, Justin, this is going to take a lot of explaining. So just jump in whenever you hear something of relevance or have something you want to add. And then when all the information is out, we'll just talk about it once everything's laid out in depth. But all right. And we just kind of break this down for people who are unaware or need clarification on what's happened. On Saturday, head basketball coach Will Wade was fired by LSU with cause. The cause being the NCAA's recent notice of allegations regarding an infractions case dating back to 2017, the year he was initially hired at LSU. LSU associate head coach Bill Armstrong was also fired. And just to catch everyone up on what these NCAA allegations are, it all stemmed from a recording phone call in 2017 that was intercepted by the FBI, where Wade was heard, quote, discussing a expletive, strong expletive offer made to a third party in the <laughs> recruitment of four-star prospect Javante uh, Smart, uh, who would later commit to LSU and play three years in Baton Rouge. Dude, Wade continued to Dawkins, referring to the third party involved in the recruitment. I went to him with a strong offer about a month ago. Uh, expletive strong. The problem was, I know why he didn't take it now. It was expletive tilted toward the family a little bit, Wade continued. It was tilted toward taking care of the mom, taking care of the kid. Like it was tilted toward that. Now I know for a fact he didn't explain everything to the mom. And I, I know now he didn't get enough of the piece of the pie in the deal. So they essentially Gosh. they essentially got him confessing to paying a potential player, uh, along with some other texts that that confirmed that. Um, the notice of allegations by the NCAA was obtained by ESPN on Saturday, and there are eight level one violation allegations mm. in LSU's notice. Uh, for those who don't know, level one are the most severe of the uh, allegations that a violation can be. Well, LSU basketball, yeah, you had a decent run. <laughs> so seven are alleged to be tied to the men's basketball program. One specific, uh, specifically pertains to football, and the two uh, sports share an allegation that the, quote, institution failed to exercise institutional control and monitor the conduct and administration of its football and men's basketball programs. That mm. is probably the most concerning. Because now yeah. you're saying that it's not just the basketball coach, it's not just the football coach, it is your entire athletic department was aware of this, 
and participated in it, or at the very least turned a blind eye to it. Mm, sounds like an athletic director could be getting fired as well. It sounds like almost everybody in the athletic department is probably going to get fired before this is over. Yeah. So uh, there are two level two allegations as well, one football, one basketball, and another level three for football. Um, so because level one is the most severe and LSU has eight of those, that means there is a real, though probably unlikely, we're not really sure, chance that LSU's basketball team could get the death penalty. Mm. Uh, if they don't get the death penalty, which I don't think they will for right now, um, they are going to have some serious punishments for all this that, I mean, is going to put them back decades in oh, recruiting yeah. and everything else. As for the football program, that's a little more, it's less severe, but it's not good when I read these out. So the level one charge involved a Tiger Booster embezzling more than 500000 from a hospital foundation. Absolutely oh terrible. Oh my gosh. Giving some of the stolen money to the parents of two former LSU football players. Jeez. The level two violation involved LA Rams wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr., a former LSU star who... Famously, or maybe I should say infamously, gave 2000 in cash to four Tiger players on the field after the team's uh, national championship win in January 2020. And then the Level 3 charge involved football. Former Tigers coach Ed Orgeron accused of having improper contact with a recruit in January 2019. That one's not a big deal. Um, no. The other two, more so. Yeah, and the, and the uh, Odell one's just so silly. Yeah, and that's not the school's fault, really. He came out no. there. They, yeah. So, but I don't know what the punishment for those those will be. There's probably some sort of recruiting reduction or something. But I mean, it, it's possible they could they could do something more serious than that as well. We we just really don't know. Yep. Pray for your LSU uh, basketball fans out there, guys. Uh, they're about to have it rough. Yeah. Do you think the LSU basketball deserves the death penalty, though? Mm. Definitely. Just for yeah, I mean, that's. That's pretty harsh. Um, I feel like that would have had to been maybe more, because I, yeah. I, I mean, I'm guessing it was just for one player, or maybe it was for multiple. I'm, I'm guessing he was probably trying to do this for a lot of his recruits. Yeah, we really um, don't know. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, I wouldn't, based off just one guy, he was trying to, you know, pay to get to come to LSU. Now, if it ends up being like he was doing that with everybody, yeah, I think you need to. Um, have some kind of penalty like that but then again i mean you fired him so that's one you know at least they're quick in doing that um but i i I just feel like when it when it popped up years ago i was like why didn't they fire him then they suspended him i mean i remember him being suspended but they never fired him so i was like that's that's a little that's confusing i mean you kind of have it right there why not go ahead and get rid of him uh so i don't know um it just well, depends if there's more that comes out. My thought process is I don't think one coach should be able to kill an entire program forever. No, yeah. So if this had been something that had been going on throughout multiple coaches, and maybe it has, we don't know, and for a decade, then yeah, maybe you can look into yeah, like, it. You gotta, like you gotta the athletic director. Kind of, yeah, yeah, like the athletic director has something to do with it. Yeah, you probably But that's the thing, because... Apparently they did. Like apparently the entire athletic department has some kind of we don't know what exactly, but they have some kind of involvement in this. Yeah, so, so that doesn't look good. 
That doesn't look good. Yeah, that doesn't. That's that's really bad. That's the most severe thing of all this. If it was just the coach and a, a couple stupid assistant coaches, fire them. Get get a, a postseason ban or two. But yeah, this is uh this is pretty serious. If the entire athletic department, and it's going to depend because we don't know how involved they were. If they just turned a blind eye to it, that's not good. But if they were actively helping get money, like maybe they were. And that's that's really really that's serious. That's pretty bad. Yeah. yeah. Well, mm. uh, how about we take some time away from talking about LSU to learn something new? I think we should all head over to the learning corner and listen to one Professor Knight. All right, students, gather round and put on your listening ears. It's time to visit the learning corner with Professor Knight. <laughs> what are we learning today, Professor? Uh, well, guys, it's it's great to see y'all again. Um, well, I wish I could see y'all. Um, I bet y'all all look great, you know. Um, maybe you don't. I don't know. Um, you know, last week we talked about some March Madness, but it's, so it's only fitting we're bringing some more March Madness since today is Selection Sunday. Um, so we get to see uh, where your team is seated in the tournament or if they made the tournament. So um, here's some more things. As we've discussed before, so the NCAA tournament, uh, we know it made its debut in 1939 with eight teams, and now, of course, it has 68 teams. So um, some other facts about March Madness is that uh, from the mid-50s through the 70s, uh, teams, they could uh, participate in both the NIT and the NCAA tournament. Um, now, however, there was only the city, uh, uh, College of New York has reached the top of both brackets, achieving the feat in 1950. They actually won both the tournaments in 1950 as well. Can you believe that? Winning the NIT and the NCAA tournament? That's, that's pretty pretty good. Pretty good. Um, now, <laughs> there was a, um, <laughs> a point-shaving scandal that involved 30 players at seven schools, ultimately implicated four program players the following year. So you also ah. have that as well. Yeah. That may have factored um, into it there. Yeah, I would say so. Um, so the highest score in tournament history, this was 1990. I don't think it's been beaten so far. It was uh, between LMU and Michigan. Um, there was a total of 264 points. The final score is 149 to 115. Wow. Um, yeah, I don't think we've seen any score like that in the tournament since. And I don't think we'll ever get close to that again. Because I would almost say that defense is even better now in college basketball. And also, too... There's just so much pressure, and a lot of you know, a lot of guys. You see a lot of more missed shots in these games. Um, it, a lot, most of these games are low scoring. Yeah, usually you've got usually if you score 85 points, you win the game. So that's yeah, that's insane. Um, oh, and here's an interesting thing. I know we talked about this before. Um, so we always kind of figured out where did March Madness, like the term, come from? Yeah. So it was coined by Brent Musburger of all people. Um, while covering the NCAA tournament in 1982. Um, now, here's another thing, though. Uh, Illinois High School Boys, uh, Boys Basketball Championship, they claim it's been used since 1939. Um, so each party was awarded separate rights to the dual um, used trademark to a, <laughs> to a court decision. So that's I thought that was pretty interesting. They're saying it started all the way back the first year March Madness started. No, they're, they're claiming... Yeah, they're claiming Illinois High School Boys Basketball Championship claims the title in 1939. 
I want them to own that, actually. I think that'd be funny. (laughs) (laughs) Well, court decision, they both can use it, so. Okay, well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a very vague term, isn't it? I feel like I could use it if I wanted to, probably get away with it. So, maybe not, though. (laughs) Probably not, actually. Should we rename Um, the show to March Madness? That's that's just We should. And then we only record in March. Yeah. (laughs) March Madness. Like, we record every day in March. That's crazy (laughs) episodes. Uh, uh. Here's another uh, percentage thing on the perfect bracket. So, of course, you know it's possible you don't win if you gamble on the games. If you're ever lucky, you might even win the lottery in the first round. So a perfect bracket can be filled out one in every... I don't even know what number this... It's like quintillion? <laughs> nine quintillion? <laughs> I, I mean, I don't even know if that's... Can we even is that even a real number? Are we making up numbers at so this that's point. So that's the that's the chance of getting a winning bracket. Yeah, one in nine quintillion. <laughs> one in nine. Quintillion. I don't believe any of these stats that you throw out here because you <laughs> last week you said that you, there was a better chance of getting bit by a python as it came out of your toilet and getting struck by lightning and maybe a all at, all at the same time. <laughs> yeah, at the same time. And something else, I don't remember getting attacked by I, a flying I, I believe or it. something. You know how hard it is to get a perfect bracket? It's impossible. Nobody's ever you know, going to do it. You know how rare it is for a python to come out of your toilet, bite you <laughs> and know. be struck by lightning at the same time? <laughs> it's never happened and it never will. <laughs> Just like nobody's ever won a perfect bracket and it'll never it'll never happen, so. Yeah, but there's there's Millions of people trying every year. There's not millions of people trying to get bit by a snake and struck by lightning every year, are there? No, but get, no, nobody will ever fill out a perfect bracket ever. I, I'm gonna put. I'm gonna bet my integrity on it. This year is the year, Justin, that somebody well, gets a perfect bracket. I hope you don't get too disappointed after the second round when nobody has a perfect bracket. <laughs> well, if if they do. What are, what are we going to put on this wager? If somebody does get the perfect bracket, I want you to... You have to get bit by a snake and struck by lightning at the same time, obviously. So that's okay. That. Yeah, okay. I'll, yeah I'll, okay, I'll do it. Okay. Well, thank you, Professor, for another excellent segment. And now it is time for a break. But when we return, we'll give out our weekly awards, the TG Emmys. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone, to the Game Managers Podcast, where we are about to give out the most prestigious awards in sports, the weekly TG Emmys. I'm Nick Norris, and with me is Justin Knight. Hello. Justin, I'll give the first award if you don't mind. Please. And this award goes to the most successful basketball team in the state of Alabama. Mm. And this award goes to UAB. You held off Middle Tennessee in triple overtime in the semifinals and then went on to win their Conference USA Championship on Saturday night, 82-73, over La Tech. Justin, they are the most successful basketball team in Alabama, wouldn't you say? I would definitely say so. Yeah. Especially this this week, for sure. Good on UAB. uh, um, The coach they have, too, has been – he's had pretty successful past. He was – coach at Ole Miss for a while too um so I, I think they're in pretty good position for years to come um especially with when the conference this year I think uh next however long he's going to be there I think they'll have some pretty successful seasons 
I hope so. I'd, I'd like to see UAB do well, just in everything. I don't know why. They're kind of like the little brother of both the big colleges, so it's just nice to see them kind of do well whenever they do. You know, I, I finally decided I would do a good reward, you know, a good award. You know, like, usually mine are, like, kind of degrading. Um, it's not good if you get one of my awards. It means you did something bad. Um, I was just going to do... Um, Best uh, surprise in SEC basketball, and I was going to say Texas A&M. I think um, this past, I think, I don't know how many games in a row they've won now, but um, at one point in the season they had lost eight in a row, and a lot of people thought, Texas A&M, they're not going to do anything. But um, they've been a huge surprise this past uh, couple of weeks and, of course, in the SEC tournament, and I would be shocked if they somehow pulled off a win against Tennessee for the SEC title today, so... Uh, they're my surprise team of the week. Very nice. Very nice. Now, how about high school athlete of the week? This goes to Brody Naramore, a sophomore baseball player at Curry High School. And get this, Justin. He has a batting average right now of .667, an on-base Jeez. percentage of .702. Wow. A slugging percentage of and has stolen 11 bases thus far this season. Pretty solid stats for the center fielder out of Curry. So keep it up. That's Goodness. awesome. Yeah, yeah, what are they throwing? Softballs to this kid? Goodness. <laughs> uh, best of the week. I guess we're going to have to give it to LeBron James for dropping 50 points on the Wizards. Best of the week. Calvin Ridley. He goes to him for blowing a, a, a fortune of $11 million, uh, for mm. gambling a few thousand. So good on Calvin Ridley for winning best of the week. Just be smarter. Yeah. Uh, now it is time for a listener letter. If you'd like to reach the show and send a question or comment, you can do so on email at gamemanagerspod at gmail.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at TGMPod. Uh, this week, we have a letter from Brian. You're going to like this, Justin. Oh, he hey, pre- Brian. He previously wrote the show in November asking about some love advice. So, Justin, listener love letters are back. Oh, nice. Brian needs advice once again. Brian writes, mm. Hey, guys. Brian here again. You may remember my last emails. I had asked if I thought it was weird that my girlfriend got angry for having other... My, I think there's a typo. That my girlfriend got angry and then supposed to be at me for having other girls on my Instagram. I ended up deleting the app and we were mostly fine after. It's been a few months and I noticed the jealousy did not stop on social media. She so constantly accuses me of looking at other women in public or even thinking of someone else. It has exhausted me and I no longer think I can keep this up. How should I end things? I want to keep it civil if possible, but not sure that will be an option. Uh, thanks again mm. for always making me feel hey. better about my dumb relationship props, Brian. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we've made a prediction on this that it wouldn't just end with Instagram. It would continue on and go to different uh, areas of yeah. the relationship, didn't we? Probably. I don't know. November um, was 3,000 years ago. So I don't, I don't <laughs> it know. sure does feel like it. Um, yeah. You know, that's it starts with one thing and then snowballs into others. So, um, yeah, good on you. You're finally uh, just deciding to end that because I don't blame you. I would too. Um, I, I would just, the way I would do it is just be like, hey, um, yeah, it's just not working out. Um, you know, I, I just I, I just need to move on from you. I think you're a little crazy. I wouldn't say that. You might get slapped right there. But, um yeah, I would just be like, look, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. I'm not gonna talk to you ever again. Um, but uh, enjoy your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you said, he wants to keep it civil. Hit the so road. 
you know what? Maybe just send it over a text message. I know that's that's mm. that's not something people usually want to do, but if she's uh, if you know she's just gonna lose it, maybe just do that. Actually, you know what I would do? What would you do? He should just call, but have it go straight to voicemail and just leave a voicemail. Yeah, that'd be pretty good. I think you know what he could do. He could wait. If he could wait a week, we could break up with her on this show. We could get her to call in. Oh, break up with her. We might be the most (laughs) uh, listened to sports podcast after that. (laughs) Yeah. So, Brian, if you want to do this for our content purposes, if you can stand her for one more week and you want to just completely (laughs) burn that bridge, if you want all those things. We'll be happy to do that for you. I doubt he's going to want to, but if you no, do... yeah. Don't blame me if you don't. <laughs> also, um, probably just don't do that anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, feel bad. I'd feel bad. I couldn't probably do it. It gets secondhand embarrassment. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't blame you. Good on you, Brian, for, you know, ending it there instead of just letting it drag on. Um, good on you, Brian. Good on you, Brian. Yeah, thanks for reaching out again, Brian. We appreciate the email as always. Hope you're doing all right. And if you'd like to have some listener love advice or talk about sports or ask a question or a comment, you can do so at GameManagersPod at gmail.com or uh, at TGMPod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Anyway, uh, thanks everyone for listening, and we will be back next week. See y'all later. War Eagle anyways. Blue 42! Blue 42! Hut! Hut! Thank you for listening to The Game Managers. Like the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at TGMPod. Until next week, goodbye, adios, and sayonara.